Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Please, sorry, thanks. Now, as I read that and say that, I think I could use that at a marriage conference. True? But this isn't a marriage seminar today. I begin the brand new series. Let me tell you about a feel-good story as we get going. In 1979, Norman Cousins wrote a book entitled The Anatomy of an Illness. You see, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and the book chronicles his fight. He was given six months to live and one in 500 chances of survival. But rather than just give in to those odds, he decided to fight the illness, watch this, with his attitude. He was very intentional, and he believed the Proverbs that says, laughter does good like a medicine, so his medicine became his laughter. He would rent funny movies, and anytime a friend heard something funny, he said, hey, call me and tell me what you heard. He would rent stand-up comedy videos. He just wanted to make people laugh, and he was going to fight back with his attitude. He's going to fight back with a spirit of thanksgiving. He had a nurse who was the serious type, and it's strictly all business, the book says, and She came in and handed him a specimen cup and said, hey, we need to do a urine sample. She left for a moment and he poured an apple juice into the cup. When she went back and collected the cup, she said, hey, it's a little cloudy. Aren't we here today? Cousin says, yes. She said, we better run through it again. He said, okay. And he drank the specimen cup in front of her. One gulp. He said the look on her face was priceless. Long story short, Norman Cousins was released from the hospital and started helping other patients with terminal illness like cancer and those with chronic pain. This is interesting. His tactic was pretty simple. Every group session, he would begin with somebody sharing something that they were grateful for. How did Norman Cousins beat the odds? Well, I think it's not complicated. He couldn't control his DNA or the process or the medical staff, but he knew that he could control his attitude. And that's exactly what Norman did. I love it when people defy their circumstances and the odds and they pick up with an attitude. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about over the next couple weeks. We're going to focus on three words. And if you're really good at please, and if you're good at sorry, and if you're good at thank you, it will take you a lot further than you can go normally. I really believe that. It doesn't matter if it's a marriage. You better know, please, sorry, and thank you. Parenting, same way. The workplace as well. In fact, in life, if you'll learn these three words and not just articulate them, but if you'll apply them to your life, it'll make a better life. And when it comes to my relationship and your relationship with God, I would, would you not agree with me that those are good words to come in contact with God and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I want to say thanks, and maybe sometimes I need to tell God, please. And I think that it starts with the piece of a relationship, which is confession. The people that you saw worshiping up here and that are sitting next to you, how did they get where they are? And I understand I'm not naive. I'm not that young. Life is not perfect, but it's better. It's mejor. With a relationship with God, and it's an ongoing relationship, and it's an ongoing journey. Like with any marriage, any relationship, the longer you work at it and the longer you're together, together, the better it is. Because you've worked at it. And so 
the start of a relationship with God is wanting to have a relationship with God. And this is a tactic that the enemy used. Let me just help you so you don't get hung up in this trap that you have to get good to get God. No, no, no. Actually, you get God to get good. Did you catch that riddle? So you don't have to have it figured out. Your life don't have to be pristine. You don't have to have a suit like me. You don't have to buy an orange tie. It'd make you good looking, but it's not, it has nothing to do with heaven or hell. It'll make you muy grapple. But it all starts with, I want to have a relationship with God. And then this week, and I want to talk to you about thanks. The value of the word. In our opening scripture, it says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Watch me now. In everything, give thanks. Now, I got to be honest with you. That's easier said than done. In everything? And that's what the book says. In everything. So how do I get my life to a point that when something is not good and I'm not thankful that I could say thanks and mean it? We can say a lot of things we don't mean, right? It's kind of like when we're parenting. Hey, tell your brother you're sorry. Sorry. No, 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 no. Let's start over. Tell your brother you're sorry. Sorry. No, 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 no. Let's try it again. Tell your brother you're sorry and calm down. Sorry. Okay. Don't ever do that again. So it's not just saying thanks. In all situations, rejoice. Rejoice. That actually sounds counterintuitive to my brain. But what God does a lot is counterintuitive to how we think, or else we would have already done it ourselves and we wouldn't need God. So, yes, we all need God. Someone shout, I need God. And the people around you that look so perfect, maybe they've been knowing God a little longer and they feel a little better, but you could say, hey, life is not always perfect because anything could happen in life, right? Not all relationships are pristine. But he says, rejoice always. Several years ago, there was a study done at a college with students that consisted of two questions. Number one, how happy are you? And how many dates have you had in the last month? Researchers found a weak correlation between those two things. But when they flipped the questions, and the first question was, how many dates have you had in the last month? Second question, how happy are you? All of a sudden, they found a strong correlation between the two things. The sequence changed the focus. Psychologists call it focus illusion. The focus determines your reality. And we read in Philippians 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's repetitive. It's repetition. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's kind of like you can say, I heard you the first time. But if he's saying it again, how many times have we told our kids something multiple times? Why? Because they don't get it. And they don't listen. And they seem to listen when the volume cranks up, right, from a parent. I don't really work in a marriage. I tried it a few times. Don't recommend it. I'm still living, but I don't recommend it. There's got to be a different approach to marriage. But rejoice always. Huh? 
And again, I say rejoice. But my situation isn't good. I have some things in life. I have some vices. I have some people. I have some setback. I just can't climb out of this hole. I never get a break. Rejoice. So if you change the correlation, the sequence of events, what if I rejoice when my situation, can I make up a word, wasn't rejoiceable? What if I changed the sequence of my view and thought, hey, if God said it and the book is true and he said rejoice always, and again I say rejoice, what if I just tried to rejoice? What if I just say, hey, you know what, this is a good thing. Something good's going to come out of it. All things work together for the good. Now I'm back in the word, okay? All things work together for the good according to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So you know what makes that work? I got to love God. If a bad situation currently is going to work out for the good, somewhere in that mix and that equation is a God. And somewhere in that God and me is a faith that he's really going to make a bad situation turn good. Not all situations are good. But if you hang with it, if you lean into the Calvary, if you're faithful to God and you're trying to say thanks and be rejoiceful, then the situation eventually turns good when you look back and you say, hey, that's where the phrase comes back, comes from. That's a blessing in disguise. Are you with me? That's a blessing in disguise. How many have had experiences where you could thank that to yourself? Because God stepped in and took a volatile rocky situation and made it all right. You see, when you know God and when you have a relationship with God, God covers all the bases. And God is always, we sing songs, he's working on this when you don't see him, he's here when you don't feel him, he's here, he, and we sing all these things and we sing some amazing songs this morning that had some prophetic words and he said, you know, and they just kept repeating, he did it, he did it, he did it, and I'm a pastor, so I'm scamping it. I wonder if anybody's wondering what he did. He did it, he did it. What? He did What? No, no one's going to ask that because we're in church. We're all supposed to know what he did. But he did it. He did it. He, okay, I heard you the first time. Would you just, can you go to another verse? Are there any more words to that song? No? He did it. He did, I know he did. Tell me something else to do. But if he did it and he hasn't done it for you yet, you see, your he did it is the situation you're facing now. And you might say, hey, well, he didn't do it for me. Hang on. What activates the faith and the move of God is in my situation, I can still say thanks. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He did it. He did it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Mm, Yeah. What you think? When's the next L.A. version of American Idol? Ricky, cue me up when they come. I'm coming, I'm coming to town, baby. If this pastor thing don't work out. But I have to have faith that my thanks eventually make sense. How many times I'm as a pastor that I'm saying, thank you, Lord. And I'm thinking, that don't really make sense in English because it's not good. But my faith is looking over the situation, looking over the valley, looking over the report, looking over the storm and saying, hey, on the other side, yes, there is a pot of gold at the rainbow. Well, I can't see it, but I'm just going to say, thank you, Lord. 
then I'm going to stay focused and I'm going to come and believe God. That's how faith works. So if you're kind of new working towards this, faith is I'm going to come on Sunday and God's going to figure it out and I'm just going to try to have a good time. And I'm in the course of my dilemma and my mess and my frustration and my irritation. I'm going to try to include the word thanks. There are a lot of words to include. But the three that I want to focus on these next couple of weeks is please, sorry, and thanks. In verse 8, he writes, the writer, finally, brothers, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent of praiseworthy, Think about such things. You see, we all have things that we could look back on and be thankful for. But I understand the way life is and humanity is. We we focus, often people focus on the negative. That's how people become victims. That's how people live with a victim mentality. And they camp right there, and sometimes people can't get past it. I'm not judging that, but I understand if you'll be thankful and say thanks and rejoice in the Lord always, eventually you'll get past that stuck place that you're in that is less than desirable to live. So the writer is saying here in verse 8, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, whatever is worthy of praise, to thank on these things. And when I begin to work on the inside, my attitude, my mentality, God begins to help me see it through another view or lens that I could not see on my own. What are you saying? Oh, that's just positive mental attitude. No, my friend, it's faith. It's believing that the word of God and the messages are true and what we preach here that you can apply it to your life and it doesn't make any sense. Oh, yes, it does. You, any of you could share your story with me. And somewhere in that story, I could pick out something. Hey, what if you're thankful for this? Have you seen the meme on social media? It's, and I might not quote it exactly, so forgive me. It's pretty much, hey, be nice to everyone because everybody's fighting a battle. Right? How many people do you pass in the grocery store with a terminal disease? How many people do you see here and there with devastating, earth-shattering news? But they just go about life. They try to mask it. They try to figure it out. And maybe they're just trying to be thankful. And then when we compare, when we size up my situation to something that could be worse, then I think I have to be thankful. I think all of us have things in our life that we could be unthankful for. And I wouldn't condone or bless that. Hey, you know, that's not right. That's not fair. They shouldn't have done you that. No, that's not right. I'm sorry you have that scar. They shouldn't have. You know, I agree. But in comparison to other options in life, I think I conclude in all of your lives, if you let me in, hey, what about this? Could you be thankful for this? I was in a situation... A couple of Wednesdays ago, a young man from our church, his funeral's coming up, but he 
he passed away, and I was with the mother and the family viewing the body. We were viewing the body in an industrial park, park tilt-up concrete. It wasn't like something elaborate. And I just walked in there, and there's only five of us in there, and her son is not living. And I hear commerce going on in the background, cars driving by. I hear a forklift going. They're just going about their life. Brother Foster, I have a mother here that's laying on the son's chest. I'm thinking one of the deepest points of grieving in life. You're burying your kids at 22, 24 years old. And I told my wife, I got home, and I said, you know, it's like the world stopped for 30 minutes. They only gave us 30 minutes. It's like a business. And she's crying, and I'm crying, and the dad, and I hear the tap on the door, and I'm thinking, man, it felt like three minutes, but I said, she goes, the lady said, oh, your 35 minutes is up. Okay, I'll tell them, ma'am. Go back in there, and they're crying, and I don't even think they saw me slip out. It was a little bitty office, no bigger than my church office. And it's like the world stopped in my life. And I drove home thinking, oh, man, my kids are still living and I'm, I'm alive. Man, I don't, know, I, I don't know her pain. But in her sorrow, she's trying to find ways to say thanks. You know, to the human eye, that doesn't make sense, right? To the motherly instinct. So life can really cut deep. And these are some things that I'm thinking, you know, I got to learn this. So when I get there, I'm not wondering how to survive. We have to learn. God's never going to leave us. The Bible says this, okay? It's, it's, this is the word of God, so it's, it's true. Would we, can we all agree to that? That whatever is in this book is true. That this is God's spoken word. So if God said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, however deep you feel like you've sunk in life, somewhere down there that deep, there's a thanks. Found one. It's kind of like in those CSI Shows, you know, they're on the carpet. They're doing, you know. <laughs> got something. What you got? Bag it and tag it. <laughs> but you're down. You're down like this. And I'm just saying, like the Apostle Paul in Acts 16. What are you? I'm looking for things. Hey. Got one. What is it? Oh, it says thanks. That deep, that low? You see, Paul in Acts 16, he was doing the work of the Lord. Is it okay to say like, for God's sake? Is it okay to say that in church? Maybe not. Scratch that from the record. He's doing what God called him to do, and they throw him in jail. Arrest him. 
into the inner prisons. Like this guy's going to take, no, take him back, take him back, take him. When you go back and you hit that brick wall, that's lock him up right there. And there's no way he can get through all these gates. And the Bible says in Acts 16, watch this, at midnight. Now, I got to be, I'm getting older. I am definitely asleep by midnight. If I was in the story, I would have said at 7 p.m. Why? Because he's going to be asleep in an hour and a half. He sang praises to God at 7 p.m. But Paul is in there locked up. I, I'm sure feeling forsaken. And at midnight, Paul and Silas sang praises to their God. Wait, wait. Got something. What do you got? I got a song, baby. Is that a place to say thank you? No, I don't. No, not in my opinion. But Paul and Silas figured it out. Hey, they didn't kill us. They didn't behead us. They didn't torture us. They didn't burn us alive. We're alive. We have our voice. We have our breath. And what they're doing in Acts chapter 16 is saying, hey, here's how I say thanks. I just sing to God. That doesn't make sense. No, but it works. Are you sure? Well, if it don't work, I'm still here. If it works, I'm getting out. So what gives? So here's what I'm telling you. Wherever you are right now in life, however you say things, they happen to choose to sing. You you ever notice that on your... Ricky, you ever notice on one of your favorite songs, you can never turn it loud enough? There's been many times my wife will come home and I'm like studying or reading the news and I got a thing and she goes, turn it down. It's a good song. Where'd you come from? (laughs) This song is the bomb. It rocks, man. I love this song. It's too loud. I know, but good songs, there's never enough volume. Huh? Hello, somebody. And I wonder if we play them good songs and maybe that's my thank you and I just turn it up in my spirit, in my mind, in my actions, in my voice. And it puts me into another position to believe and receive that God knows where I'm at. Again, we're trying to learn some words the next three weeks. I don't want to stress you out. Today, we're only talking about thanks. Don't stress about please and sorry. We're going to give you the tools next week. But your assignment, can I give you homework? Is it okay, class? Class, okay. Eyes on me, eyes on me, class, class. Is it okay to give you an assignment that this week you count how many thanks you can come up with? Because I already know how many negative woe is me you can come up with because we, we're professionals at that. That's natural. No effort needed. But it's going to take effort to shift this thing to where I'm looking for something to say thanks for. And if you'll go this week 
looking for something just for grins. I know, I know you're, no one's going to do it. You just smile. I get it, right? <laughs> but if you really were serious, okay, just go through on your phone, on your notes, and just, just do one, two, three, right? You don't have to detail. I don't need a whole story. You don't need to report. You don't need to turn this in. I'm just curious, if you look for something to be thankful for or say thanks, how many this week you would come up with in your assignment? And then at the end of the week, you're going to think, wow, God really does care. God really is good. And maybe my life's not that busted, broke, bad. Now, I understand there are situations that need to be fixed, but I can't let the situation that needs to be fixed ruin my life. That's where God steps in and brings hope and faith and confidence. And the Bible says, then the writer wrote, and we call things that are not as though they are. Okay? Well, is that true? That's in the Bible. I'm calling those things that are not. Hey, I don't have a good blood report. Yes, you do. What are you doing? I'm in the Word. I'm calling those things around. I don't have a great relationship. I have some strained relationships and broken relationships and people, come on, let's call them what they are according to this. That's where thanks comes in. I'm thankful I got a good blood report. I'm thankful I don't have to take medication. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful I'm not a diabetic anymore. Woo-hoo, let's go to seize candy. Come on, chocolate on me. Woo, everybody in the house. What, are you a diabetic? No. Because there's situations in your life, if you get asphyxiated on the current situation, you'll never have the faith to see what God sees. And so by faith, you're going to say, I'm thankful for this. By faith, God stepped in, and I'm calling something that's not. I get it. I'm a full-grown adult with a brain. I know it's not fixed. But I'm going to flow in the Spirit and take the words of the pastor and say, I'm thankful that this situation worked out. I'm thankful that my numbers came down. I'm thankful they reduced my medication. I'm thankful. I'm th- hey. Amen. That's good. That's the whole purpose of me. I'm going to say dispensing hope and inspiring you today. Because I understand if we are looking for excuses, we're going to find excuses. If we're looking for a negative report, we're going to find a negative report. So if we flip that coin over and say, hey, let's think on things that are good and wholesome and noble. If I flip that over, then am I going to find those things? The answer is yes. And the longer the enemy can torment your mind that you can never climb out, the longer he's going to keep you there. And I'm just saying, you're in an apostolic house, you're in a spirit house today, and if you'll leave this place and drive home and say, I'm going to be thankful for some things that normally I would have never thought about that, but I'm just going to try the preaching for a week, I'm going to listen to the word of God, and I'm going to see if this thing really works, and coming next Sunday, I'm going to grade myself on all of my thanks. And so you will see the world as you want to see it. It's not about your internal reality, external. It's about your internal. If you're looking for something to criticize, you're going to criticize. If you're looking to criticize about my preaching today, you can find some. In fact, I could give you a few suggestions on what to criticize. (laughs) I know me. But you see, you got to say, I'm not looking for that. I'm not living like that. I'm not going down that path anymore. I'm going to start a brand new me. 
and I'm going to try this series. I'm going to invite my friends back next week because I don't know if it's please or sorry, but whatever it is, my friend needs it. I'm a professional analyzer of my friends. They definitely need please and sorry. How do you know? Because they're my friend and they, they need help. Then you know what? Bring them back next Sunday. And we'll fix them and make them a better friend. But in the course, let's all stand. I, I, can, I can conclude. Let's all stand. In the course of these next two weeks and this week, okay, I really want you to just practice something. So you didn't just drive here, had some great music, saw some people, went to lunch and say, woo-hoo, it was a great day. No, I want it to be a great week. And I don't want you to forget what I'm talking about. So if you have to grab a card next to you, and honestly, if you don't give it to your friend, but each week you cross off what you did, hey, that's going to change my life someday. Yes, it is. So maybe the card becomes your score lit card. Now, my friend's not getting this. I'll tell them how to do it, but they're not getting mine. Why? Because I'm grading myself. I'm serious about this stuff. You know what? Then the God that I know is going to help you. When you get serious, he's already serious. He's already ready. How do you know that? Because Calvary was 2,000 years ago. He's been ready 2,000 years to help you figure this out. In my experience, I've been here 23 years pastoring. When people come to God, God is always coming to them. But my experience here, I don't have scientific proof for this, okay? Can't Google this. God doesn't normally commandeer your life to make you better. It's people coming to God. God, I need to be more thankful. Man, my attitude is horrible. I need to figure this out. And I need God to help me. Because maybe up to your age right now, you haven't done good. And maybe you just simply conclude, well, what do I have to lose? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So maybe we reroute the cards and they become your personal scorecard. And on the end of the week, take the thank you and just write whatever. Eleven. What's that mean? I found eleven thank yous this week. That if I wasn't looking, I would have never saw them. Hey, I don't know what's next week, but I'm doing the same thing. I start saying, please. Please, God. Please, dear. Please, friends. And at the end of three weeks, you score yourself. And the goal here with any scorecard, right? Just like golf is to get better. It's a reference point. Come on, the date's on it. June, July, look, hey, you know what? Actually, if I kept track now, that thanks, I bet you I could bust 50 on that. Why? Because I'm looking for it. It was always around me, but I had tunnel vision. I'm going to find what I'm looking for. I'm going to find happiness. I'm going to find peace. I'm going to find salvation. I'm going to find restoration. I'm going to find healing. But this week, I'm looking for how many things to be thankful for. You got your cards? If you're able, grab a card to your left or right. Let me pray for your cards, and I'm going to open the altars.
We have more cards. Someone ushers help us. Okay, we're going to get you more cards. I'm sorry this is not the ushers' fault. I'm just flowing in the Holy Spirit right now. I would have had more cards if the Holy Spirit would have told me this earlier. Okay, ushers, hurry, run. Don't run like Eddie did. Run faster. Okay, raise your hand up if you need a card. Want a card. Have a card. Okay? You just keep it confidential, okay? Just between you and God. It's kind of like, I'm not showing nobody this, but at least I'm working on it. Hey, you got my vote. Who needs a scorecard? Then I'm going to pray for the cards, and then we're going to open the rolls. I'm going to pray for everybody. All right, Ricky, you got a card? Okay. Irene? Aunt Nancy? Okay. Hey, here's one. Sister Durant, get a card. In fact, Brother Savage, give her two. Okay, got some guys up here? Evan? Okay. Josiah. Okay, these guys help your comrades. Anybody that wants a card and does not have one? Okay. Okay, up here. Yep, you definitely here. You take mine. I'll, I'll go without. Okay, here, here, here you go. I do, I, I'm just kidding. I do need one. I need more thank yous too. Okay, I'm not exempt from my own preaching. All right, anybody else? You guys got them? Okay, hey, this platform needs more thank yous. Here, let, 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 let me have it. Oh. You, young man, you? You take one? I'm selling things. How about you? Okay. Come on. Right. Hey, next week, this praise team is going to be so thankful. I'm telling the roof's going to blow off. How about you in the cage? You got one? Okay. Can you hand that guy one? All right. Anybody else? Okay, let me pray. You know what? This is a way to score yourself. I'm going to score myself, okay? I want you to score yourself. Nobody asks next week, hey, how many thanks did you get? No wrong question. Worry about yourself. I'm doing better and God's going to help me. And I'm not telling you my number, but I'm getting better. And God's pleased with me. Great answer. Let me pray for our cards. Lord, I pray that this week, that I'm going to look for things of thanks and thankfulness. I'm going to focus on these things that are pure and true. I'm going to entertain your spirit every day. And I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go about my day and my job and my comings and goings. And I'm going to keep a little scorecard with a pen. And I pray that you help me notice things to be thankful for. I pray that you descend upon every card, every mind, every spirit, Lord, and make us better people, Lord, to live in a world that is not so good, but we serve a great God, and I can be a good person because I lean into God. Bless every card, bless every effort, bless every heart, every life, marriage, and soul, God. I speak power into this week and to everybody that's here today. I believe it. If you receive it, shout, I receive it. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you 
what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.